welcome to the Life House Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Crystal Check. How are you ladies? We're well, good, thank you. We're carrying on today with our podcast series on Colossians. We're looking at Colossians chapter 1. So last week we spoke about, we were looking mainly at verses 1 to 11 and we were talking about what the gospel is and does. So it's truth, it's universal, it's passed on. Um, by humans, you know, that's the commission God's given us to transmit the gospel, make disciples. And we ended off by talking about, in verses 9 to 11, Paul's prayer for his friends. So he tells them that he's asking God for two things for them, that they can discern God's will and that they have the power to carry out that will. So we're going to continue on from there. I'll read verses 9 to 11 again. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Right, so Paul ends his prayer off by saying, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. So we're going to look at these two words. So endurance or fortitude um, from the Greek word of, I'm not going to pronounce that. <laughs> Carolyn, would you like to discuss? Yeah, so really that endurance and fortitude, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you can say, oh, I've got to endure this, and that's just bowing your head and gritting your teeth and holding on until everything passes. It's more than that. It's not talking about that. <laughs> sometimes I feel it stay with the children. Make it till three! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's more than that. It's bearing things and enduring, but at the same time actually learning from it and allowing. Yeah. So having, I guess it's down to the attitude that you have in it, okay? <laughs> having a good attitude in it, um... Allowing good to come from it because you've got that good attitude. And Romans 8.28 says, In all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And But, you know, that scripture always um, or really comes into effect as you hand over your situation to God, as you have that attitude, that correct attitude. Um, and so, you know, you will be able to enjoy and go through. And, you know, it's really important. Um, we've discussed before perseverance producing character and so again last time we talked about not praying to get out of a situation but rather praying for the strength to go through it and and just not being you know I just want to say to anyone listening if you're going through something really difficult don't don't let the situation defeat you because God is greater than any situation any problem and and um you know, it's just having that attitude of I need to just push through this. And yes, I'm not in any way, shape or form saying it's easy. And especially when you just can't see any possible outcome, but it's just trusting in him. And at the same time, as you just gritting your teeth and going through and enduring, it's like, okay, so yes, this, you know, is really difficult, but what can I learn from it? What does God want to teach me through this? And it's not um, to say that you've done, you know, sometimes it will be a situation of your own making, maybe your own stupidity um, or sin or whatever, but often it's not, okay? 
Um, and so, but even in that, it's just to hand it over to God and say, in every situation, if I hand it over to Him, He will turn it to good. Somehow, He's going to turn it to good for my development, my growth. Even when it is you that's stuffed up, as you repent and hand it over to Him, He will still bring something good out of it. And again, my scripture that I love from Isaiah that I've mentioned before as well, you know, His ways and thoughts are higher. And, you know, I often have to use that scripture to keep things in perspective, to keep it in focus, to help me just to endure the situation. I just use that as a reminder. Okay, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why this is going on. I don't want to be in this situation. But, again, mm -hmm. that submission to His will and knowing that His ways and thoughts are so much higher. Um and you know the endurance there is talking about the endurance patience with situations and uh, Romans 5 3 says not only so but we also glory oh this is 3 to 4 sorry we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not disappoint us that's you know um, where's the patience yeah, that he's talking about is uh, again also like the endurance they're both fruits of self-control and I think the patience here is with people um, what he's referring to is just having that quality of mind and heart that allows you to bear with difficult unpleasant people and not allow it to drive you to bitterness or despair and you know especially I find you know with ministry and stuff and um, we all you know ministering to people at different levels but it's an attitude that allows you to deal with unteachable people and not despair but I have to admit that that's one I have to work really hard at um, so that their stupidity doesn't drive me to irritation <laughs> but you'll often get hurts or hurtful comments or things or people speaking without thinking and it's just that patience with that just you know forgiving them and being able to still interact and deal with them but you know it's joy that allows you to practice this long suffering mm. and patience and, and so we've got to remember who we love and it's Christ and why are we doing this yeah. um, and that's going to give us the ability to do it time and time again to deal with people time and time again yeah yeah. I like what you said about don't let it defeat you but I think maybe also don't let it define you Yes. Um, because we can allow a problem to become our whole world yes. but having patience is not just bearing up under something but you actually you know you're, you, there's supposed to be work done even in the midst yeah. of that it's not to become your whole life um, we need to sort of have that, that bigger picture perspective and um, in Luke 8 when Jesus is talking about the parable of the, the you know the the seed and the soil, it says. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Mm. So in every circumstance, we're supposed to be persevering so we can produce a good crop in our life. And I like what you said. That it's not just a case of just waiting. That's action still, even with the patience. It's action in having to continually work with yeah. your attitude and you know even part of the situational problem can be there's a time where you have to wait on the Lord because he's you know he's working out and you have to just wait and I think as well we often see waiting as a passive process but it's mm -hmm. not to wait on the Lord is very active as well and it's often difficult to do that because here we're talking about waiting on the Lord not just talking about waiting for him to work out it means waiting on the Lord means actually trusting him mm. and that is active yeah. It's not a passive thing at all, it's active because the whole time as well you're having to keep your mind captive, your thoughts yeah. captive, you're having to work on your attitude so that patience and that waiting is very active. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you've got a bad attitude and you're just sitting in the corner like <laughs> crying. Do you know what I mean? But like yeah, true yeah. waiting on the Lord and true patience will be a very active process. Yeah. 
Well, for me, um, I was thinking about endurance as like a race. And it's, you know, an endurance race, not a sprint. It's not quick. It's tough. It requires effort. It requires work. And it's sustaining that even pace so that you don't wear out too quickly. And then you need sort of patience to deal with that, you know, length of time, however long it is. Um, And I think, you know, we've all learned not to pray for patience because... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Um, in that it's it's also not wanting that journey to be over before I've learnt the lesson that I need yeah, to learn yeah. um, and it means um, or, or before you know that healing has come or for the release that comes from um, you know waiting patiently mm-hmm. and enduring everything that you go through to get to that end point to get to where God wants you to be and, um, you know, Lena, when you were talking about the crop, I think of, you know, what does a crop have to go through to actually bear fruit? It has to go through storms. It has to go through rain and, and, and you know, freezing temperatures and hot temperatures and, you know, all these things. Yeah. Um, so if we're going to be a crop that bears fruit, we're going to have to go through similar things. Mm. And, um, yeah, we have to allow that to happen because, again, we don't, really want to wander around a desert for 40 years. No, same in that motion. <laughs> All right, Paul also talks about patience or long-suffering long from the Greek macrothumia. All right, so... Did I jump ahead, did I? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is about having that forbearance to hold up under. It's a similar concept. Crystal, did you want to share? Um, it's, yeah, it's the same thing again, you know, um, just allowing that process to happen, um, giving yourself to, um, to the, to the waiting, to the, um, the process of God just moving you from one place to another or from one part of your hurts to be healed or, you know, all those things that you go through in these moments and these storms and these whatever you want to call them in your situation it's um yeah wanting to learn stepping up and going okay I'm going to wait on you and I'm going to trust that you have everything I want but also everything I need in these moments um that you are everything that I could ever hope for or want more than and don't you realise that's the only place you learn that, that he is sufficient, he's all sufficient, you only learn it in those places of where I had to learn, that yeah. you are everything and you're all sufficient. Yeah. You don't learn it otherwise. You don't, um, I love, you know, I, I don't love the situations maybe while they're happening, but in retrospect, like, a, uh, you know, all the different characteristics of God, what he is to you, like you only learn that in each area of need. Yeah, you know, if you didn't need him as this, then you wouldn't learn him as you know. See him coming through as that, and and sometimes you even have to ask, okay, God, what do you want to be for me in this situation? What can I pray into my life that you want to be for me? And I love what you said there, asking him what to pray. Mm-hmm. That's the best prayer you can do because then if you do that, you ask him what to pray, 
Um, and the Bible talks about when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit would intercede for us. Um, and so that's the best kind of prayer, isn't it? Because yeah. it's praying exactly what God wants for the situation. What His answer yeah. is actually praying that in. So that's yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, James five actually gives. He talks about see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, <laughs> patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. <laughs> Funny. <Yeah. laughs> well, there's so much, so many. Um, you know, you look at the earth, God's created all these spiritual lessons out of the physical yeah. that you can take, and that's why it's reflected in scripture and common sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what, it, you know, he's done that on purpose. Jesus spoke in all those parables to so people could relate to it and understand. Well, especially the people that he spoke to yeah. in that time. It was fishermen and farmers, yeah, and, you yeah. know, all those things yeah. would make sense to them. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes yeah. I think it's a scheme of the enemy for us to all live in these urbanized centers because when you're out, in nature and you're dealing with that physical realm much more you sort of recognize god like yeah. you see him so much more apparent than right? when we're in our man-made structures yeah, exactly. yeah. which is the total so. opposite isn't it if you're not surrounded by trees you don't hear birds it just makes such a difference you know whenever i see birds um you know if i'm at the beach or something i do see birds around here as well fortunately but um you know, when you actually see them, I often like look at them and see them on the grass, and and I'm just reminded of that. Hey, they're not having a nervous breakdown because they don't know where their meal's coming from tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got the scriptures. Well, they don't store away in barns, and just seeing that physical reminder, like you're saying, Lena, seeing those birds, seeing them, like, oh, and, and you know, we've got one bird that comes here often, and it's the same bird, and he's got a little routine and stuff, and well, <laughs> I think it's the same bird. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to have a definite personality, but. You know, it's like, I don't know where he goes and in between or whatever, but he comes and he's still being sustained and he's still alive. So why would I worry Yeah, God takes care of them and knows about that? And that was a good point you made. If you're just surrounded by all this concrete jungle and you don't even have that, you don't have as much of a constant reminder. No, you yeah, do. you're just sort of living by the work of man's yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I love going to the beach so much. It just I always feel it just refreshes my soul. Yeah. And I think it's probably just that, isn't it? Just being around God's creation, and it's just you know seeing, and it, it, it definitely makes you think of Him. And mm. yeah, I'm really struck by that in the Psalms. Just I was mm. just reading one Psalm the other day. They were just praising God for the bounty it provides in nature, and it was just like. So, yeah, really struck me how... So you got a lot to answer for, Miss Little Town Planner. Two <laughs> <laughs> parks and trees in your town planner. Beat, beat my <laughs> breath. <laughs> Whip yourself. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to verses 12 to 14. Um, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Carolyn, do you want to give us some... Yeah, so there's two key things that Paul mentions in these verses. Um, God has given the Colossians, he says, a share in the inheritance of his holy people. And we also see this in Acts 26, verse 18. It says, To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. And as I said um, at the beginning of the series, that church at Colossae was composed mainly of Gentiles. And so 
God has now given them the privilege of sharing in the inheritance with his chosen people. So it's gone beyond just the Jewish nation and the door has been opened to all men. And then Paul also goes on to say, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son. And that word that he uses therefore brought us into or brought us over is a Greek verb. Um, methystomy and I just want to give you a bit of context for that because it's significant and our next discussion point is going to flow from this Barclay Study Bible puts it like this in the ancient world when one empire won a victory over another it was accustomed to take the population of the defeated country and transfer it lock stock and barrel to the conqueror's land thus the people of the northern kingdom were taken away to Syria and the people of the southern kingdom were taken away to Babylon so Paul says that God has transferred the Christian to his own kingdom. And this was not only a transference, but a rescue. Mm. And so we're going to look now at what that rescue means, because it's, it means the same for us. It's a rescue from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at four things that this transference or this rescue from that dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the sun means for us. Yeah. Okay, um, actually, Crystal, I remember you had a really good story about this. <laughs> um, I, I do. Um, I should be proud of it. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, living in that darkness was, um, was completely hopeless. Um, there was no matter what situation um, I felt like um, it was hopeless. I was hopelessly lost and, and I had nothing... Um, nothing to help me out and, and I was alone um, I was living with a man who when sober said that he loved me and um, I felt trapped because I believed him when he was sober um, I wanted to believe the words when he wasn't um, it was hard because he wasn't a very nice man when he wasn't sober and um, I felt like I was lost in a weekly cycle of verbal and mental <coughs> abuse separated he um, separated me from my family and friends to the point where I only had him to rely on for a while um, and I tried to find my own way to freedom with um, food, with cigarettes in promiscuity and um, finally in, in trying to find my own religion, trying to find something that would pull me out of that darkness. Um, I found myself more and more lost and stumbling through life and um, God um, even when I didn't know him, even when I was being completely and utterly just, no, I don't want anything to do with the real God. I just want my fix. I just want out of this. Um, he strengthened me to be able to leave that man and leave the leave the relationship. Um, and so I had no idea of who God was on a personal level. But, you know, through my dad's battle with cancer and and meeting Barry and, and starting to be opened up to, and my heart started to be softened up as well, um, God was able to pull me out of that situation and, and I was able to see him for the first time and, and go, okay, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Mm -hmm. And it was just a whole new transformation for me, finding a light that I could follow that I knew wouldn't lead me back into the darkness. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Mm, I like that. Living without God is like walking around in a fog. Yeah. Stumbling around everything. You know that there should be something more. You yeah. just can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
I think that's, um, you know, it's what you're saying there, Lena, as well. So, you know, in the physical, if we try and walk in the dark, we're going to stumble. Especially if you're in somewhere unfamiliar, you know, like if you ever go and stay in a hotel or some... <laughs> and, and get up during the night, you know, maybe to go to the toilet. And, and you just walk into things, right? And you hurt yourself because you're not familiar with where things are. Um, you know, when I don't, I, I have to wear contact lenses or glasses. And, and when I haven't got them... You know, I could, if I'm in an unfamiliar place, I can walk into a wall. Sometimes even here at home, I have to feel where, you know, I know the wall to be or whatever. I mean, I've even accused plants of being a person. You know, David's woken up before to me like, where are you? What are you doing in my room? And he's like, it's just the plant. That's how bad my eyesight is, though, when I don't, you know, obviously I don't sleep with my lenses and my glasses off. So I have them at hand, but if I'm going to the toilet or that in the middle of the night, I don't need to put them on generally. Um, But I still give myself points for not, like, freezing. I'm still challenging it. It's in my room, even though I can't see what it is. Um, But I think the same applies to our spiritual life, isn't it, without God? Like you said, Lena, if we don't have God, we're just going to be groping around. We don't even know what to do. Yeah. We make stupid choices um, because we don't often know any better. That's, you know, we just go with what we've been raised with and, you know. Um, or, or what even might fit our likes and desires. Yes. You yes. know, I know for me, um, one of the religions that I looked into was very open with, with their sexual beliefs and things yes. like that. And that was something that I was living in. So for me, that was an easy switch. Yeah, because it justifies It what justified already, what I was yeah, already doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's it, so we, we just don't know, and, and you know, we live with doubt, and we live with ignorance, um, yeah, and I think as well, especially now these days that we're in, where we come, you know, we're in the last days and stuff, that there's so many people that are unaware, and they're going to be caught unprepared, and they just don't know, and it's because they're in that darkness, they just don't yeah. um, know, and so... But, you know, the great thing about that transference from darkness to light, once you're in God's kingdom, I mean, you're walking with God, you have all of that wisdom of heaven available to you, and you can, and you've got the word of God, so you can actually know what to do now, and get yeah. help with your correct choices, and advice for every single situation. Um, Psalm 139 verse 12 says, Even the darkness will not be dark to you. Mm-hmm. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And that's what we know, God is light as well, isn't he? That one of his characteristics. And, you know, you think about what it's like during a power failure, if we have a power (laughs) failure walking around in the dark room. And why would we choose, like, why would we choose to live like that? But, you know, we do. We don't often relate it. That's what a lot of people, like, if you say to them, okay, here's a house, you're in here for the night, but you're not. There are lights and they work, but we're not going to bother switching them on, like, in the physical, yeah. natural, people are going to just say that's so stupid, and yet that's what they're doing with their spiritual life. They don't know where they're going. They've got the insecurity of not knowing what's in front of them or around them or what you might bump into. And you know, and that's how people, if you're, if you're living without Christ, that's how you're living. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what you think that it's going to be one or the other, you're either living in darkness or you're living in light, and there's no in-between. There's also something that just um, popped up then. It's the darkness is changing. Yes. The world is constantly changing, whereas God is never changing. He's yes. always the same. Yep. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. You you know who God is. You can count on, you him. Can count on him. You yeah. can rely on yeah. that because yeah. he's always going to be yeah. that way. He's and always going to be the same. Yeah. And that's what I've just got here as my last point, exactly what you're saying crystal that light brings certainty 
yeah you know and you can see the way you're not merely just hoping and guessing that it's right yeah yeah good all right we've been transferred from slavery into freedom mm. well um i'll go back to my story <laughs> um the redeeming power of god's love was what gave me the strength to leave that man first by moving out of the shared bedroom and then to moving completely out of the apartment that we were living in and severing all ties with him, which was one of the things that I was really worried about because I was all he had. Um, he moved from New Zealand for me. Um, but God was able to let me see past that and, and just go, It's it, he's got people, he's got friends, he's got, you know, and I was able to just completely just walk away. Um, and I, I knew then that I was a sinner and I was undeserving of any real love from anyone as far as I was concerned. But it didn't matter how hard I pushed or um, sometimes I even like, you know, yelled at God or, or ridiculed him. I was like, you, you know, I was the biggest pain in the butt I could think of. Um, but God's unwavering love still persevered and still washed over me even to the point where, you know, in the nighttime when I was feeling, like, so sorry for myself, he was like, it's okay, you know, you don't have to worry about anything, just go to sleep, you know, and he was able to usher me into, from sleepless nights to, you know, those comforting places. And um, Barry started to share with me the gospel um, outside of work and inside of work and God started to really thaw my frozen heart and I started to glimpse a real tangible freedom um, and it was it was then that I started to ask God the questions on my heart why do you love me you know how come you how how is it that you love me um, and I found that I started craving the freedom that the word was telling me about and um, I found redemption in Jesus. I no longer had to be broken, hurt, or unclean. And I was um, becoming redeemed. Though sometimes I still see the blemishes. And the closer I get to God, the you know the dirtier I look. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, but those specks, I can, I can, I can now see them, and I can go, okay, I don't want that on me anymore. I want to move past all of that past. And I want to become who God is redeeming me to be. Mm. That's awesome. And of course we have Galatians 5. One, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. I think that's really important. This is talking, you know, to Christians, do not let yourself because it's a choice, isn't it, all the time. And, you know, if we don't have Christ, then we are a slave to whatever controls us whether it be our fears or our lusts or any other kind of sin. And, you know, as you said, Crystal, we only transferred into that freedom through Christ. And you're never going to be free outside of God's kingdom. And, and that's the irony, isn't it, with um, people who rebel against God. Mm. Um, you know, that will be the thing that he, he's not going to tell me what to do or that I want to come under authority. Um, but, you know, that that's where you're going to be the freest. That's the whole, you know, irony yeah. of the situation that... Uh, the more and more you submit to God and come under his rule, the actually the freer you become. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a sort of contradiction that the world doesn't understand. And Romans 16, 6, uh, sorry, Romans 6, 16 says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves to the one you obey, 
whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or um, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And you know that's the thing that you know Satan doesn't want the world to see. Um, that the more that they rebel against God and and want to be I'm a free person. Um, no one's controlling me. The more they are controlled by something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and Romans eight two says because through Jesus Christ the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. But that's only in Christ. Otherwise you are under that law. And Romans six eighteen you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And so yeah, so slaves to righteousness. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I had this revelation that God had set me free, that I didn't have to be a complete slave to every desire, every worldly passion, it was like steroids. <laughs> Spiritual grace, <laughs> steroids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think when I look back at my life, like I went from just being a believer to like becoming like the disciple of Christ and actually maturing is when I had that revelation. I yeah. didn't have to, I could say no. Yeah, and that God give me the power to do that. Yeah, yep. mm. and I think what you said is important. He'll give you the power and the strength to do it. Yeah, that's why it's fruit of the spirit because it's not you. You can't do it yourself, but He will enable you. Yeah, God is good. Okay, we're um, going to wrap up the podcast there for today. Um, yeah, so get into Colossians, guys. We're going to be talking more about it next week. If well, well, next podcast, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can pop onto our website, www.life-house.net. Um, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>